0: Welcome to the AI Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Schaefer. Today on the podcast with us, we have Sumam Kamuganti, who is from personal.ai, and he's going to be talking to us a little bit about what got him into this space. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Would you mind telling the guests a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Jaden. Myself, my background, I'm an engineer um, for almost like first half of my life. Uh, okay. Robotics background. I also have a business background, uh, but generally, I picked a passion of creating products for people. Um, I always get excited when uh, you create experiences for people to touch and feel, kind of elevate the day-to-day activities that they're doing. That's kind of motivates me and excites me. Uh, I created a company called Ira before personal AI. Ira was a technology that uses both AI as well as augmented reality, but okay. with human for people who are visually challenged. Okay. Um, Yeah, so today we basically unlock, you know, all kinds of uh, experiences for blind community and, uh, you know, pretty much the entire United States and all the retail stores kind of, you know, provide that as an accommodation for people. Um, Yeah, I started Personal AI uh, three years ago uh, with the core premise of, you know, being able to create a model to represent one individual. And I'll tell you more about it, but uh, since you asked me about my background, yeah, that's a little bit about my
0: background. Very, very cool. So... What kind of got you interested in? Well, actually perhaps give us a little rundown on what personal.ai does for those that don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, ex- explain what you're what you're shooting to do there.
1: Yeah, so personal.ai is a model. It's a language model that is grounded in one's facts, opinions, and perspectives of an individual. So it is designed to reflect and speak uh, of on behalf of an individual, right? The most interesting thing about personal AI is uh, you probably are you know the audience probably have you know long discussions about large language models. Um, we actually started developing the opposite of a large language model. We call them small language models or personal language models. Okay. They're actually tiny. Uh, they are 120 billion parameters. they are grounded in one's memory. Uh, these models have long-term memory. They also have attribution back into the data. Uh, But obviously, it is not a, you know, it doesn't know everything that the world knows, uh, like a large language model, but it knows you and its ultra personal experience um, to the point where, you know, it speaks like you, within your own
0: facts as well. Not just style and voice, but also your facts and opinions. Um, That's so interesting. I think especially today in a day and age where I've actually heard a lot of pushback from people using tools like ChatGPT or other large language models saying, like the responses it gives me don't actually reflect my opinions. It has biases. Perhaps that came from the company itself. Perhaps that came from the people training it. And, you know, a lot of people kind of complain about that um, for all sorts of different reasons, right? There's political, there's religious, there's all sorts of ideas that it's really hard to define what's correct, what's right or wrong from, you know, theological or ideological perspectives. And so I see a lot of appeal to having something like personal AI. How do you go about Training one of these models, right? if someone's interested in getting a, a model of themselves, how does that work?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's pretty fascinating for me as well because you know obviously we started this company like you know three years ago and we started working on our long-term memory, the models, you know the different transformer architecture that we have now, and then chat happened uh, you know but on the if if you put that in the perspective, you know, open AI, large language models have been in development for like five years or so. And then it suddenly started hitting consumer market, you know, uh, after eight years or nine years or so. So I always tell, you know, the people around me is like, hey, personal AI like started three years ago. That's when we started our models and we need to make it available for people to train it uh, uh, super easy. Like, you know, what are the systems that you have where without needing a developer you can have a user trained model right mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah so we, we we basically developed applications on top of our uh, models where people can ingest any sorts of data that you would wish uh, so that data could be mostly authored content right the authored content would be your articles your drive your you know existing autobiography uh, you can choose to take some of the historical conversations that you have had in other chat applications as well, uh, and okay. then you can use that as well. So it depends on what kind of authored content that you have that surrounds you, that represents you, but you can think of it as if you do have an existing journal or if you do have an existing autobiography or do have existing composition, you can use that to create a model of yourself. And we have a mechanism where you can use the applications for ongoing communications, so that the training is not once and done.
0: The training is like ongoing because it's a small model. It updates instantaneously. Very cool. What does that look like, like from a like a, a practical perspective, right? Like, let's say I would like to train a model for myself. Am I just going to like a, a folder and uploading like as much content about myself as I can, and the and the model's taking in that type of content, or like what does that look like for a user?
1: Yeah. So for a user, you essentially have like a chat-like application. So if you Could imagine chat right? We have our own native applications Mm -hmm. and you can essentially tell your AI anything Mm -hmm. that you would want it to remember or to be trained on, right? So it could be like text data and that text data could be a simple statement or a large paragraph or a huge article or a huge document. Uh, You can choose to bring in like existing documents and upload them as well if you would wish uh we are trying to make the process simple by getting the data from other locations we have uh twitter for example like you know people who has been collecting or authoring the content on twitter you know has large amounts of content they can simply connect twitter and then boom everything uh, uh you know will be synced or added to your memory so as long as that content that you think will represent you uh in the first person and author,
0: if that is your intention yes you can push all that data by simply a messaging interface very cool um are you do you or are you thinking about like the imp, like the integration of like video obviously text is a is a good way to integrate someone's personal audio but let's say someone has a youtube channel or like myself with a podcast all of my you know thoughts and opinions that I share on here is there a way to to pull some of yeah. that in
1: yeah so the input um is as simple as if you do have YouTube videos, you can send the YouTube link to your AI from as well. So it will extract and okay. it will send. If you do have like medium articles, you can do that too. If you connect okay. Google and then have GDoc, that can be pushed as well. Uh, it doesn't have audio transcriptions uh, built in, but
0: people generally use like third-party transcriptions and then push the data in. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So who's the main target audience that's currently using this and where do you kind of see this going in the future? Like, is this authors looking to write books? Is that, uh, or is it just people looking to um, share their opinions? Like, who's using AI right now? Yeah, so we are fairly new to the market, right? And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we are
1: actually having this conversation as well. Uh, when I say fairly new to the market, we've been experimenting with uh, people for almost like one year and then shaping up our products and APIs and needs and everything else. Mm-hmm. So since since we went GA, which happened in April, we are seeing a lot more traction on people who are interested in their personal brands and elevating their personal brands, right? Okay. So, these are solopreneurs uh, mostly, small business owners mostly, and the most interesting thing is these people have something of them, which is personal data, because their personal mm-hmm. data is their personal brand, and it is their currency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. And we are very much focused on individuals. So it's more like a B2B2C kind of a model where uh, people who would want to serve a small group of community, and that community could be 10, you know, 50 or 100 or even 1,000, they are creating their personal AIs, they are integrating into their existing communities, our colleagues, our clients, if you wish. Um, Mm -hmm. And the beautiful part is the native applications also supports Uh, native messaging, meaning you can invite friends or communities and create AI lounges and invite people for a prompt party, if you will, to talk to your own AI and geek out. Uh, So those are all the experiences that we have unlocked. We just literally, two days ago, released our mobile application as well. Oh, very exciting.
0: (laughs) And is that personal.ai?
1: Yes, it is personal.ai. To search in the App Store since we are still working on optimization of search, it's personal AI mobile. And then okay. there's an app. Or you can simply go to personal.ai slash download and it's a brand new application. Very exciting. Very cool.
0: Well, We haven't even lost yet. We haven't even told the world yet. We are just serving our own people right now who are in the system. Okay, very cool. I'll have to, I'll have to grab that and uh, check it out after. So where do you see this going, let's say, you know, three, four, five years from now, where do you see AI or personal.ai kind of growing to and who is it serving?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the core principles that we haven't touched on about personal.ai is every person gets their own memory, meaning the memory data is not shared between two people. And every person also gets their own model. In other words, the model is not combining the data or aggregating the data, which is very popular in the large language model scenario, but everybody gets their own unique model. And this data, which is the memory, as well as the model, belongs to the person, meaning they actually own the data. That means we are not allowed to see it, we are not allowed to sell it, no ads, uh, but they can use their own model if they would want to and then monetize monetize it as well, right? So today, the most popular use case Uh, that we are unlocking given how good these models are to represent you is the daily communication, right? So if there is incoming message that is coming from your friend or client or community member or a customer, your AI will draft that response for you and it is since grounded in your own facts and it is learning almost instantaneously every day, it does 70% of the job for you and you can choose to either review it and approve to send that communication back either using native application or you know, like integrations such as iMessage or other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can set yourself into autopilot. So if you set yourself in autopilot, that means technically it's Jaden's AI version that people can talk to, right? But it's not just like dependent on, you know, super high celebrities, but it, it's now available for anybody to be able to create an AI version for themselves. Uh, self-service, a user trend. Mm. In the future, because of the principles that are attached to this personal AI, which is we want personal AI to be the starting and the ending point of everything. And it is private to them, meaning uh, only individual people will get to decide what goes in it. They, have, well, they will have full control of it. So we see a future where, you know, future personalization like services, for example, when you open the app, you know, typically you send GPS coordinates or you send information to a service for them to provide you some suggestions. So let's say a Uber or an open table or Airbnb, right? we see a world where um, most of the services can integrate into your personal AI to give you the ultra-personal experience without compromising the data integrity of the individual, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I think the starting and the ending point of everything that you will have on the internet presence will be your personal AI model
0: because it belongs to you. That's super cool. And something that you said um, made me think you said, you know, people will be able to monetize this. Just out of curiosity, have you thought about, like, the possibility of, right, someone trains or creates an AI model of themselves, and then, like, having them being able to have, like, an API so other people can, like, ping off of there? Is that something that is future or is this more close? No, that's part of the architecture.
1: So think about every person, right? Every human being at center. And then surrounding them is their long-term memory. And that memory is time-bound, meaning um, as you go by your life, your memory is growing, and you can capture it at every period of time. So it's it's all like time-bound memory. Okay. Now the model, which is personal language model, is an ensemble of many different models that will be trained, which is grounded on your long-term memory. And each of the models has an API. So think about that API is API to your model, which is API to you. Right. Yeah. Now that. API is what is used for our personal AI native applications, but a good number of people today are using that API and taking their personal AI model in the places where they already are. Either it be communities or websites or Discord or Telegram, they're already doing those integrations. So that way you have your AI in the mix Mm -hmm. in these communication settings. Now, you can think about using the API for your agents as well. So agents are the ones who are taking tasks or doing tasks or, you know, like actions, for example, drafting an email for you, right? So that's yeah. an agent. creating a tweet for you. That's another agent. Being an email for you, another agent. But at the core, it's still you.
0: It's your memory. It's your model. That's the presentation of you. That's so interesting. It just, it made me think of how cool it would be if, um, like, let's say you take, like, a company, right? So you got, like, 20 people in the company. All of them go and make, like, a personal AI for whatever they're, like, for themselves. And then you you try to, like... Test yourself against the AI version, and you like get the a- you like get all the people to start like an AI company essentially where there's all the different employees and trying this to is what happens in our company. Every person in our company. So, by the way, we, we,
1: I mean, of course, we are building personal AI. So, every right. <clears throat> team member has their own AI. Yeah. We all have our own lounges, right? Whoa. Uh I have a Suman autopilot lounge. So, customers and people actually who come in. That's that's where people go in to prompt with my AI. So technically, whatever is that you are asking, Jaden, you can interview my AI version.
0: Uh, I, I should have just gotten that on the podcast. I could
1: have saved you some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sent you the link. So s.personal.ai, so you can technically simply go in there, click chat with me, that will come to your uh, application. Uh, this is a human in the loop experience. So in other words, Jaden... Yeah, what we're talking to what now? Fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, there is a element of trust that we develop, right? It's like okay, I yeah. know when he comes over, I will start having in the co-pilot experience. Meaning, if you ask me like, someone like how's it going?" My AI will draft a response for me, and I will choose to send it. But when I put you in the autopilot, you can just simply go back and forth with my AI in a conversational mode. Um. So yeah, so you know, other uh, small businesses right now are essentially building every individual's AI and and the beautiful part in here is, you know, I mean, we have seen the AI versions of people out there, right? There is Elon Musk AI, there is Karen's AI, there is like influencer people's AI. Yeah, yeah. Primarily dependent on large language model, it takes like extreme amount of effort to be able to ground it. It still has its nets, right? Mm. Our goal is to make this almost accessible to every person, right? Not just influencers, because influencer models are possible today because their data is already public and it's already indexed by large language model. Right. Nobody knows, Suman, and Jaden, you must be popular, but still, them not going to Yeah, I mean, but you have your personal mode, like you have For your sure. personal plan. Like, AI chats is your brand, right? So how do you invent that brand? Like So that's where we want to make it accessible. So now you can have your own uh, model
0: of yourself. I love that, that's so cool. Okay, so it's giving me so many questions. This is actually such a cool AI project. Um, this is one of the cooler AI projects I've covered uh, recently. So this is my question for you. Number one is, what does that look like? as far as like the the resources the bandwidth and everything required for training like one person's ai model right i know right now there's like this huge shortage of like a100 chips from nvidia everyone's like you know fighting over trying to be able to train ai models and stuff what are what's the resources you know realistically let's say you had like um everyone on facebook wanted their own personal ai so you got to to get a billion people to train their own like what would that look like for resources wise yeah and that's where really the best part is almost like the secret sauce and i cannot wait to
1: I cannot wait to be out there and give this to millions of people because you know why? These 120 million parameters are super cost effective because they are small. They scale horizontally. We don't need to fight big tech for all the GPU compute. In a way, I would also make the statements such as like they're environmental friendly because you know why? They actually run on your mobile devices, right? Mm. Uh, so as of today, these are 120 million parameters uh, like less than one gigs in size and we have identified few chips to essentially move these models onto the edge itself, or your computer, on your phone. Uh, that does not have dependency on the large language model. That means you don't need all the investments that otherwise will have. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, because, I mean, just think about it. What we are trying to achieve is our use case is not creating a model of world's information or the internet. Our goal is to create a model of, of one individual. It's a 120 million parameters.
0: Yeah, I love that, especially because I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people, of course, complain that ChatGPT just sucked up everyone's data, and now it's you uh, know, you know, yeah, I didn't get really so super reporter, like yeah. So, so here's the fun part, right?
1: You know, I got I got into creating this project three years ago because I had this like extreme desire of being able to communicate, have a conversation with a person who taught me a lot, and he passed away because of pancreatic cancer. So there was this this constant mantra of like, what would Larry do, uh, or you know, I wish I could talk to Larry's AI, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, we as human beings, we establish trust with a group of people that are surrounding mm-hmm. us. So even if you are seeking advice or uh, getting an opinion, uh, it's much more about researching and being able to land to your own conclusion versus being able to talk to one or two people that you trust and getting their opinions. Right.
0: Right?
1: Mm-hmm. So the idea of like accessing people. You know each other to an extent where we we are not just bounded physically by the time and the capacity that we have is mind blowing, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, that man, I lost my train of thought. So the the reason like the, this this is all happening uh, is because fundamentally and principally we said this needs a memory. Large language model cannot uh, solve it. And my co-founder, CTO, MIT graduate, super like created like five different AI startups, Sharon Zhang, she had the foresight saying that, Suman, if you really want the attribution, if you really want it to be private, if you really want it to be grounded in 1%, that doesn't hallucinate. This was 2020 because nobody knows large language models then. She said large language models is not the way to go. We had to start from the scratch. There are a lot of existing stuff we reused, like open source model, transform architecture, et cetera, et cetera. But it is a, it is a contrary like a approach to, uh,
0: you know, the modeling, if you will. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I can even just think of like a cool use case where like, let's say you have to make a really important business decision or family decision or life decision. And uh, it's very time sensitive. You call up your, you know, I like maybe I'm calling up my dad to ask him for advice. He's busy. And then I'm like, oh shoot, he's like off in another country. He's not going to be on, but I got to make this decision right now. So I just go over to his AI chat. This thing might not be like, dead perfect but i could get a pretty good idea of what his advice would be in a time-sensitive way when a person isn't actually physically available super interesting really really cool idea what are you looking at as far as monetization pricing how does that play in what does that look like for this yeah so we are
1: making it available for anybody
0: to uh
1: create their memory and train their ais uh for free at this time and uh, the the the, the Intention is everybody gets like two personas, like personal and professional. Persona is nothing but a part of your life, right? Uh Um, For example, you know, you and my relationship, let's say, is professional, but you have, you know, your family relationship is like personal, right? You can Mm -hmm. choose which category or which persona that you would want other people to access when they are talking to you in autopilot or copilot, right? so normally people who would upgrade to a $40 per month subscription plan, they have things or access such as greater integrations, greater uh, uh, API access. Uh, if you do have a lot more following, like north of 100 people, 200 people where there's a lot more demand to the AI, then it goes into a little bit more um, uh, you know, custom pricing as well. So currently it's accessible to everybody for free to begin. And then there is a $40 per month pricing for greater integrations, fast faxes, and taking to other places. And then as the demand for the model itself grows, uh, then it goes into, you know, kind of custom solutions.
0: Very cool. I love it. That's super interesting. Um, so I know you've been working on this for the last three years or so. Um, First off, what kind of, what were you... What kind of made you decide you wanted to take this step on this project? I know you mentioned Larry, was that kind of what played a role into, into creating this? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that was the Genesis, uh, to be very specific. Uh, the project
1: I kicked off, like in September, September, 2019 is when I started working into just understanding what I'm dealing with. Uh, Jesus. Uh, I mean, like, I didn't know where to start. I it was yeah. like very vague and back then. It isn't a space where a lot of information was available. Even, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I knew I, I needed AI as a technologist and as an engineer, but I myself didn't have like hands-on AI experience itself. Uh-huh. So first year, you know, first six months is all about like researching, you know, what goes into it, like understanding memory, understanding transformer architecture, just uh, reading a whole bunch of stuff, and then trying to find my team. When I decided, okay, this is this is what we're gonna do, which is try to figure out a model that we can build for people to talk to, right? Yeah. And that had be representing the person. And then that's when I found Sharon, my CTO, which is my co-founding member now. Uh, And then for six months is, again, like experimenting, researching, talking to people, what does it mean to them, ideating. Uh, We took almost two years to put together the core foundation systems, Mm -hmm. the structures, the models. Uh, putting together the API, and then we took another year to create applications on top of it
0: and, you know, test with people. So now we are ready to go to market. That's very exciting. How did, you, um, how did you meet your CTO? I know a lot of people interested in, in new startups or yeah. t- looking taking their companies to the next level with AI are, are kind of interested. What was your process on that? I mean, it was very deliberate
1: um, because previously I was already running a startup, so I, I had some ideas on you know, the kind of person that I would want. Um, yeah. Specifically for a company like Personal AI um, because one, it's original thinking so it requires a little bit of like original understanding of the technology and working towards a solution that may not be widely popular or available. So we need like novel thinking. So I, I, I went through a search process, believe it or not. Uh, I had some uh, friends, uh, recruiting firms uh, who accepted my request to find a co-founding partner and I spoke to 120 people. Uh, uh, holy smokes, wow. And I and I showed her the spreadsheet after I got her. Uh, <laughs> that is the process I took. Uh, but I took my time. I took my time to find the uh, right person. Um, my other co-founder is Christy Kaiser. So I worked with her uh, at my previous company. She's my design partner because it, it just, it's also required a little bit of, like, what does it mean to be talking to the AI? Now it's pretty obvious pay okay, you chat with the AI, right? But we created these chat interfaces to basically train and, you know, chat with somebody's AI, and then chat GPT happened. Uh, and then it was it was great because there's tons of awareness and we were heading in the right direction. Then, you know, we had to, uh, we had to double down in the conversation and the chat.
0: Yeah, that's super yeah that's super cool um what did what did that kind of look like i mean you've been working on this thing for a number of years and all of a sudden ChatGPT launches you know kind of the the end of last year um was that like was that did that feel good was that like oh my gosh so much validation we're going in the right direction like what was i guess your idea is this kind of went from being like ai was like kind of a, a trendy thing in like tech and stuff and then to all of a sudden like it is like everything
1: yeah no i mean it happened so fast so um oh, i mean i i had to like you know sit and kind of on, on the hindsight think through every week what was happening in the space but i can tell you that things were happening so fast and the, the there's a lot of uh momentum a lot of awareness a lot of uh credibility as well a lot, lot of appreciation for the amount of work that we were doing for years right yeah because there's one thing about like building the product, building the application. There's another thing about like um, trying to like tackle something unknown and then put together a sequence of execution steps for you to be able to figure it out, you know, because you make mistakes as well and you have to pivot and you have to change things. Uh, so I guess what could I say? Um, chat GPT and that blowing up was good because there is a general acceptance about the ai like even one year ago at the same time when we were pitching like personal ai to investors or anybody else was like yeah it's <laughs> so like what are you talking about uh but now it's like oh okay that makes sense and what are the applications right like you know what is the mode yeah but at the same time there are tons and tons of ai companies too you know um now every big tech every company wants to create personal ai and our definition of personal ai is a little bit unique. Like, you know, we want it to be true to what it should be, which is representing Mm -hmm. a person and that is owned by them. It's not just a merely an assistant that can do like one or two tasks or you can talk to a AI bot for a specific reason. That's all good. There are use cases for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for us, personal AI as an assistant is is underselling. I think there is a lot more beautiful thing about this core idea of having this as an asset to you Mm -hmm. that belongs to you, that runs over a period of time that is not compromising the principles of like data ownership that is not aggregating with everything that does not belong Mm -hmm. to the company that belongs to you. So there is a lot goes into making a true personal AI. And uh, so that the downside of this whole like bubble of AI is the market is confused. Right? Because yeah. there is a lot more money that is getting poured in. But sometimes when you have money and you don't know what to do, you also confuse the market. So you create chaos. And I do right. feel there are players in the industry that is creating chaos. Um, mm-hmm. So we have to navigate through that chaos, right? Because right. we still have to stick to what we think is the truthful way of creating a trustworthy AI that belongs and serves people, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so anyway, so I think there is good, but there is also the downsides of whatever is happening because now you got to figure out what is what and who is who. Uh, and we are, you know, instead of confusing the market, we got to work towards making that clear as well. One of the reasons why yeah. I want to hop on the podcast and talk to people.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so what, one question quick is you, you talk about, you know, there's some companies that aren't doing it the correct way, right? There's a bunch of money coming coming into the industry and there's there's players, like you said, that are creating chaos. Who are those players that you believe that are fundamentally, or even if it's not a specific company, what the concepts that you believe are fundamentally creating the quote-unquote chaos or kind of pushing it in the wrong direction? Uh, okay, we are getting a little political. Um,
1: I wouldn't name the companies, but I will tell you what I think is yeah. not right. yeah. What I think is not right is misrepresenting an identity of an individual whether you are seeking permission or whether you're not seeking permission, meaning you have to have permission uh, to represent somebody's AI mm-hmm. or somebody's identity because what, what makes human human is our identity, right? Right. Uh, now, the thing is, it makes like good entertainment, good business, good fun. But at the expense of uh, that identity, are they okay with it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If they're okay with it, that's great. Like you know, but I think I think there needs to be some uh, empathy and some respect. Yeah, what we are doing in the industry, and I think if we are not doing it right, then it's unethical. Now, investors are, you know, business people will say, "Who cares? I don't care. I'm like whoever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to make some money. Let let get people." Sure. To engage with it, who cares about privacy, who cares about identity, mm-hmm. great.
0: You know, that's, that's their business. We are not going to do that business, but I think it's wrong. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I like that concept because it definitely, and I think, to be honest, I think a majority of the population, now not necessarily the owners of a lot of the AI companies and not necessarily, as you mentioned, the investors, but I think um, there's probably a majority of the population that would agree with your sentiment Um, which is people, when they're creating this content, if someone like OpenAI sucks in all the data from the whole world and like, I can go to open AI and say, you know, in the voice of Stephen King, write me a, write me a book outline. Okay. Now write the book, now write the chapters. And all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, Stephen King never actually was able to monetize the usage of that. Is that ethical? Right. Then there's that whole question. And I think a lot of people would, would agree with you that it would, would like to, to monitor or to, um, you know, compensate those people. I'm curious, though, so from from your perspective um, or from your guys' story, what did that look like when you were starting uh, Personal.ai? Is this something that you bootstrapped or self-funded? Did you get investors from the beginning? What did that look like for you as far as funding this company? Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, we do have investors, but our investors are aligned with our principles. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first year was self-funded, so basically me and Sharon. Uh, by second year, we needed, uh, you know, team and to build things. so it is 2021 uh, david Mogerman is our lead investor uh, uh, he's, he's also a stanford ai guru he's also a scientist he's the man behind like creating like a um, uh, you know algorithms around like high frequency trading like hedge fund trading okay uh, at renaissance technologies so he saw through what we were trying to achieve uh, he's also very much oriented around uh, people identity uh, privacy, you know, create value positive some value for everybody uh, being able to have these AIs like make money and create value you know, into the future forever you know, like, right. like I know for, for the fact, my AI is already like valuable to not just my team members but my family already, right? Yes, so, sure. the fact that my AI is going to live forever into the future even after I die, is, is already like value creating for me. So anyway yeah, so we, uh, um, it's a, it's a seed company. We, we are actually like doing our next round of financing uh, going into our series here as we go to the market and, and uh, get people
0: their AIs. Very exciting, very exciting. Um, so then how did you actually go about meeting David? Oh, we simply went to
1: TechCrunch Disrupt and then did a big stunt. <laughs> <laughs> what did we do We did a demo of my AI that speaks like me, uh, and it would predict what I would want to say next based on what I'm saying now. Wow. Okay. Very cool. That's very cool. Was that stressful? <laughs> Put in, oh, wow. well, yeah. <laughs> it was stressful, but it's like one-off model, right? Um, right. Meaning it's a proof of concept to rise show the promise. And then we took another two years to basically build the infrastructure and, you know, give ability for anybody to do the same things.
0: Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and so then I guess after you did that at TechCrunch Disrupted, he come out and uh, reach out to you or he? Yeah, yeah. That, there were there were a
1: few
0: ones that reached out.
1: But most interesting thing about David was he, he had that foresight of like, these are all the things that are needed. You know, Can you attribute the response back to the core data? Yes. Mm. can you attribute like how much personal it is like with some sort of a score and tell if it is real or if it is not yes like you know so, so these are the issues that comes up today like with the large language model these are the issues that we normally talk you know in New York Times like people talk about ethics people talk about bias talk about hallucination we talked about you know who what response is attributed to whom right mm-hmm. uh, if you know Jaden's content, content is out there and if a large language model uses your content is that attribution going back to you, right? Those are all the issues that exist today. Mm -hmm. And I would want to say not, I mean, I don't want to say like personal AI is the solution, but we have architected a system where the bias is like down to the individual level. The understanding of ethics is down to an individual person of what they think is right or wrong. So the Mm -hmm. power goes to the people.
0: That's very cool. Man, that's incredible. I absolutely love what you're doing at personal.ai. Um, and I'm assuming you said you'll be probably raising another round soon uh, as you go to market looking at your Series A. Do you have any kind of idea of a timeline on when you guys are doing that? I mean, I guess few months, you know. This is summer right now, so I guess
1: most deals comes to enough.
0: You know, yeah. so, so we'll see. Very exciting. Well, I'm super yeah. excited. Um, really cool that you guys have the iOS and Android app out. Uh, or the mobile app out for this. Not um, Android. I app is out. Android is to come. Okay, it's it's to come. Very exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking, sharing a little bit about what you guys are doing. Um, if people want to be able to uh find out more about Personal.ai or if they would like to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in contact?
1: Very easy. Personal.ai is our website. Uh, can't go wrong with it. I, I am at the letter S, like simply S. dot personal. ai is my uh, brand page. If you go there, you will simply see chat with me. And if you follow the link, you will land in the application. You will talk to me with human in the loop. And if you want to talk to my AI, I'll simply set you to autopilot.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, it's been absolutely incredible talking to you. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I'll definitely leave a link to that in the description for the show notes. But for the listeners, thanks so much for listening to the AI chat podcast today for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode, breaking down how AI is impacting your industry. Today's episode is sponsored by AI Box, a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, which just launched a crowdfunding campaign.